The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. The Power of a Testimony. We hear one today from Pastor Leon Adkins. His story involves a long road to the truth. But one day, he did find assurance of salvation. Are you looking for that? Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about it today. This is Grace in Focus, the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. We come to you each weekday with truth about eternal salvation by grace through faith apart from works. Find out more about us at our website. That's faithalone.org. Faithalone.org. Now with today's program, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins. How are you doing, Leon? Doing great. Now, Leon, you're the pastor of Brian Memorial Bible Church, right? Yes. In Irving, Texas. Now, you and I met 42 years ago. Pretty close to that. We were young men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it was uh, the fall of 1981. It was my fourth year at Dallas Seminary, and I was teaching something called the Lay Institute classes that Dallas Seminary had for people in the community. I taught a class in the fall and another class in the spring, and you took both of them. I believe my fall class was the Doctrine of Salvation. Salvation, yes. And then the spring class was the Galatians, the Book of Galatians. And you ended up going on to Dallas Seminary and uh, taking uh, classes there, right? Yes, I've earned a uh, Master of Arts in Biblical Studies. So they call that an MABS. Yes. So... Tell us how you came to faith, and uh, it was uh, through the ministry of this church, Berean Memorial Bible Church, and Dr. John Danish, wasn't it? Well, actually, uh, I had been a Christian for about two years when I wandered into Berean Memorial Church. My father was a Southern Baptist pastor. Ah. Small churches, he had never studied in seminary. In fact, he had absolutely no formal education. He just wanted to serve the Lord. And so I was raised almost literally in church. I uh, had heard so much all my life about uh, receiving Christ as your Savior. Somehow walking down the aisle would verify this, and then you would be baptized. And uh, I really had a whole lot of questions about what all of that meant. And I started when I was about seven years old. I was really under conviction, and I would go down every Sunday And I didn't know what to say. So I would say, I want to dedicate my life. I'd heard people say, I want to rededicate my life. And I didn't know what that meant. So uh, the preacher would say, oh, this young man wants to dedicate his life. Now, was this your dad? No, uh, actually, my dad would get up early Sunday morning, I mean, like four o'clock and drive out of town to a church in Oklahoma or out in the country in Texas and preach And we didn't always go with him. In fact, uh, we would usually stay at home, and my mom would take me and my older sisters to a a local Baptist church. Okay. So I think the the pastor there thought my dad had probably talked to me. My dad thought, well, he goes to church every Sunday, so uh, the pastors talk to him so he understands salvation. But I never really did. And um, I grew up knowing that Jesus was a real person, that he died on the cross for the sins of the world, my sins included, and I didn't have any problem with that. But yet still at this point, you weren't 
certain of your salvation. Right. You didn't even know what you needed to do. Absolutely. I had a lot of doubts. I remember after I was baptized, I think I was 10 when I was baptized, maybe 11, I don't know. And uh, the next day on Monday, I got mad at somebody, and I thought, I haven't changed a bit. I'm supposed (laughs) to be a new person, and here I'm the same old Leon. So I grew up like that, and uh, then in college, I was hit with evolution, and I don't know uh, all the uh, non-Christian worldviews, and um, I was uh, in my mid-20s, and I would have these periods of depression. And so one evening, I got to thinking, okay, why am I so subject to depression? And I had an epiphany then. I just had a sudden flash of insight. Well, I know what's wrong. The biggest question, the most important question that I could ask, I don't know the answer to. How can I say that I am absolutely right with God and I know that I'm saved? Yeah. And I need to get that worked out. So I had met a uh, local pastor. He, I think he was a, worked in an insurance office full-time, and then he would preach on Sunday like my dad would do. And uh, he had made a good impression on me, so I gave him a call. And it was on a Sunday evening, and I told him I needed to talk to him about something really serious. He said, well, come on out tonight at 9 o'clock. That way church will be over and we can just sit in the auditorium, talk all we want to. So I went out and talked to him. It was a long conversation, but he explained to me that it was all by grace. It had nothing to do with raising a hand or walking an aisle or promising to do better or anything like that. It was simply a gift that God offered to me and the way I received it was through believing. So I went home after our conversation. I went to the house that I was sharing with another bachelor, and I went to my bedroom and sat down in a chair, and I prayed something like, look, God, I don't even know whether I'm saved or not. Right. And if I am saved, I want to start enjoying living like a Christian should live. I, I want to have that stability and assurance. And if I've never been saved, then I want to go on record right now is saying, I believe in what your son did for me, and I accept salvation as a gift that you give me, and I don't offer you anything in return. Yeah. The next day, you know, I felt a little better. So you got to go by feelings yeah. in my mind. I thought, well, something must have happened to me. But I just kept on praying, God, am I really saved? Wednesday came around, so now that I was a good Christian, I went to prayer meeting. That's what yeah. good Christians do. <laughs> right. So uh, I was praying. Uh, people all around me were praying for uh, the war in Vietnam and the economic stability of the United States and a national revival and everything. And I was praying, God, am, am I really saved? If I'm not saved, what do I need to do? And I had another epiphany. I had a flash of insight. I thought... Somewhere in the Bible, I know, I've read it before. I had to look it up in a concordance to find out where, but it was John six thirty-seven. Ah. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, I will in no wise cast out. And I thought, wow, Jesus could not lie. And he said, once you believe in him, there is no way he's going to ever kick you out. So... The bottom line is, if I'm not saved, God's a liar. This is a good point, because on Sunday, 
You said, God, I'm accepting this gift of salvation. But you didn't have assurance because the Bible doesn't say anything about accepting the gift of salvation. It says believing in Jesus for the Mm -hmm. gift of salvation. Absolutely. But on Wednesday, when you had this second epiphany, that's when you got it? Yes. At that point, you knew you were saved because God can't lie. Right. And Jesus said, whoever comes to me... I will in no wise cast out. That's great. So over the years, whenever I've had a doubt, I've gone back to that scripture. I will in no wise cast him out. That's fantastic. Now, that's before you went to Dr. John Danish and yes. Brian Memorial, a couple of years before? Right. A couple of years later, I came to Dallas for a, an employment opportunity, and I was looking for a good church. You know, I didn't know what, I guess, you go to a church and you leave with a good feeling, that's a good church. (laughs) And I wandered into Berean, and uh, I thought, this is pretty good. So I came back, and every time I came, I noticed something. I would leave with some biblical truth that would make a difference in my life. Oh, that's great. I would go to another church, and we would sing and clap and sway and listen to some good music, and boy, I would feel good. But by the time I got home, it had left me, and I was looking for something else to pump the feeling up. Yes. But when I went to Berean, I would learn something like the principle of 1 John 1, 9. You confess your sins, and you're back in fellowship. And it was with me Monday morning, Friday afternoon, and from then on. So I kept going to Berean, and it was my pastor, Dr. Danish, who encouraged me to look into classes at Dallas Seminary. So that was how I I ended up in your class. After he passed, then did you become the next pastor? Yes, I did. And what year was that? Let's see, I was ordained in March of 2004. And Dr. Danish, he began to use me as his backup man, substitute. And over the years, as his um, health began to fail, he had been pastor 53 years at that one little church when he died. And I had been, he uh, took several leaves of absences in which I was happy to, to fill in for him. So when he died, the church asked me what I thought we should do. And I said, let's wait six months and then we'll decide. I said, we have lost our longtime pastor and we don't want to make any rash decisions. So let's just wait. Six months later, the church had a business meeting and called me to be their pastor. And I've been there ever since. And um, I'm just grateful that uh, I can exercise my spiritual gift weekly. That's great. And by the way, Berean Memorial is what some people call a doctrinal church. Yes. Uh, Dr. Danish was influenced by R.B. Theme. At least I believe he had Mm -hmm. some influences there. And the doctrinal churches place an emphasis on teaching the scriptures verse by verse. Yes. And they have an emphasis on preaching and teaching all the way through Old and New Testament, right? Absolutely. So you would hear Dr. Danish teach through all of these passages and mm-hmm. themes. By the way, I love the name Berean Memorial because yes. Acts seventeen eleven is one of my favorite verses. You know, right. those in Berea were more <laughs> noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they searched the scriptures daily, daily. to yes. see if these things are so. If when they were listening to the Apostle Paul, they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true... Well, then we ought to search the scriptures 
when we hear our preachers preach. And of course, as those who preach, we should definitely be searching the scriptures so that we're careful that everything we say is consistent with the Word of God. Absolutely. We should be Berean teachers and Berean listeners. It's a two-way conversation, right? Even if the preacher does a good job of laying out a spiritual feast, the listener has to be receptive. Yes. And if the listener's receptive and the preacher's not really preaching the Bible, but they're just telling all kinds of stories, that doesn't really work either. It's a two-way street. The Spirit needs to be using the preacher and the Spirit needs to be working in the hearts of the listeners. Leon's going to be with us this week, and we're going to go through a series of questions. In the meantime, let's let's keep keep grace grace in focus. Would you be interested in some free e-books on topics you hear on this program? Well, if you are, you need to come visit us at faithalone.org. On the site, we've got all kinds of free materials. But one of our popular options is our free ebooks on a range of subjects. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Would you like to have a chat with Dr. Bob or one of the guests here on the program? Let me tell you how to reach out to the team. You can get us on our email address, which is radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, Bob and Leon will be discussing and answering what would be a legitimate biblical appeal for eternal salvation. You join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.